you doing? How you living? Austin Cunningham and Justin Trees coming to you to break down week six, preview week seven, and then go over any games uh, that we really just need to go over some more. We have some moves going on in the NFL. Le'Veon Bell has officially signed. I, I said officially, officially signed with my Kansas City Chiefs. And then with that, you see Clyde Edwards-Alaire go, hey, I took that personally. Dude goes off like 160 rushing yards on like 26 attempts. You love to see it. The Chiefs decided to go, hey, you already know we can pass the ball. Look at us run. And don't forget, we've already added Le'Veon Bell, who is not playing today. You love to see it within the NFL. The Atlanta Falcons, Treese, you called it. I, Atlanta Falcons get their first win. And the moment it happened, I was like, oof. I'm going to hear from it from Treese. I know I am. The Giants picked up a win as well. Back to the Falcons, though. I did. You sent me a screenshot and a recording of us discussing it. So props to you. You're good. Thank you. Thank you. I had to do it. Yeah, so for sure went on, recorded our own recording. Recording of a recording. It was fantastic. <laughs> uh, sent that over to you. Nice little 40-second clip. Sent you a picture of the score and a little gif, you know, just making sure you understood how silly you're going to look on next podcast when I go, I tried to tell you, dude. Tried to tell you. It just it was lined up perfectly. So, hey. uh, Falcons, thank you very much. I appreciate that. You um, win some, you lose some, though. So You do. You do lose some. Uh, but back over to Le'Veon Bell before we move on here. You're right. He did sign with the Chiefs. We talked about how it was, that's what it sounded like it was going to happen. I am on record. I still believe the signing makes zero sense. Zero. That's under he's, 1%. He's a good player who has good athletic ability. Sign him. The more cool. good players you have on your team, the better you're going to be. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but You're it telling is, me right now you would not like the Jacksonville Jaguars to have Le'Veon Bell. Uh, no, I'm good. Oh, my gosh. You would rather have Chris Thompson over Le'Veon Bell. Uh, well, yeah, but that's because I want my team to go 1-15 the hard way. By the hard by the hard way I mean win the very first game and lose lose fifteen in a row just so everybody's on the on the same page here. Um, so yeah, but I, so I'm a bad example here. Um, but I don't think that I don't know. It's tough because yes, you can put him in the slot so you can still have him and Ceh on the field. But I also think that that just means like. Daryl Williams is just not going to be on the field as much, and I think that that's going to hurt. Like, I really like Daryl Williams, so I don't know. Like, I just think that it's chemistry that they're trying to have to build up here when their offense already was going, and now you're, like, adding this piece that, like, does it take some time? It's going to take some time. Does... Mahomes feel like he now needs to force it into Le'Veon at sometimes because he's new. I don't know. Mahomes is a smart guy. He's not going to just do it just to do it. But I, I mean, I just feel like, dude, you have Mahomes, you have Kelsey. Like if you're, you have Hill, right? So you have these guys, and now you're bringing in Bill. I would rather the ball be in Kelsey's hands and in Tyreek's hands than I would Le'Veon Bell's. I would rather it be in CEH's hands than Le'Veon Bell's. So, yes, you are getting a great talent, but say he gets 7 to 10 touches a game, that's 7 to 10 touches that could have gone to either one of those three guys. At most, you're exactly right. But this also shows we have another weapon. Like, it can go to one of those guys, but six or seven, eight of them are going to go to him as well. So, good luck trying to figure out which one of those six, seven, or eights are going to him while the other ones are going to Hill, Kelsey, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, Sammy Watkins when he's back, you know what I mean, Byron Pringle, Demarcus Robinson, McCole Hardman. I say Hardman's name last for a reason. His role yeah. didn't change with the Kansas City Chiefs last week. Like, Sorry. It stayed the same. Like, it, just, I, it did. I, I believe I said that last episode. I said that I think that they have him here to be Tyreek Hill's backup. He plays that position. He is not going to switch over to Sammy Watkins' role. I think I said that. So, um, yeah. Either way, like, congrats. Like, again, you got an 
you got another weapon, right? So you, as a fan, you can't be upset. As a non-Kansas City fan, to me, it also doesn't make complete sense. I get it. That's fair. So, um, one note else does make sense and does not make sense at the same time is Tua becoming the starter. Hey, uh, uh, we want to talk about people calling it. You I did. I got it right before the bye week. I was I was a game off. You were one game off. It's okay. You know, I'll take a game. But Our, our guy Riley even messaged me. He was like, hey, good job on getting the old two announcement correct. And I just was like, took me 17 hours to reply. But I was like, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Because I read good it for- and forgot to respond. So Of course Riley, you did. I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, so here's the thing, like they're coming off a 24 to nothing win. Yes. It's against the jets. I understand that, but But they're three and three as a team, right? They're literally one game out of first place in their division and they're making this move. And for me, you, yes, you have the bye week to prep. So that's smart. But then you're going into playing the Rams and Aaron Donald, which is why I said they needed to wait before they did it. Um, I don't know, man. Like, it's just, like, I wouldn't want Tua, who's coming off of this injury, to start off having to run away from Aaron Donald. So, you know, that's kind of where I was mentally as well. Because there was a part of me that's like, man, I feel bad for Ryan Fitzpatrick. He leads the team here. Like, he gets into 3-3. Three and three. He's playing well. But it's kind of the running joke with what Fitzmagic is. It's like, he's going to have a good start, and then he's going to shit out, and this is what you're stuck with. So, you for Ryan Fitzpatrick, and I know it came out yesterday, that it was like, yeah, you know, I was sad to lose the starting job. But he's also very aware. Like, he's not the future of Miami. They drafted Tua where they did in the first round for a reason. He is the future. Now, going into, like, facing Aaron Donald and the Los Angeles Rams, I agree. Ooh, that's a tough game to start your career on. But at the same time, you're eventually going to have to play a good defense. You might as well just start with it. Because if you think he's ready to play and the hip looks healthy and he looks like he's ready to lead the team and the team's rallying behind him and you're excited with what you're seeing in practice and you want to see it on the field, at some point, you're just going to have to throw them out there. You know what I mean? It's going to be a true sink or swim situation. And if you lose your first game to the Los Angeles Rams, I don't think anyone's going to be pissed off. You'll be like, great, Tua sucks. No, you're facing Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, and some decently speeded linebackers. Going to be understanding. But if you come out and win, people are going to be looking at you and be like, oh, my God, look at Tua. Like, look at what we got here. Like, huh. welcome to Miami. If I could sing it, I would, but you get the gist of it. I do. And, and, and all very valid points. So I'm not I'm not saying you're wrong there. I just, I don't know. To me, it's just, it's hard for, again, you drafted him top five. You want him to play sooner rather than later. But if that was going to be the case, then why didn't you just start him from the get-go? Like, if it wasn't Fitzpatrick, you, because it seemed like it was, Fitzpatrick plays until you're out of the running, till you can't make the playoffs, and then yeah. Tua comes in. But it is Fitzpatrick get us to almost halfway through the season where we're still one game within the division, and then we're going to pull you. I think, sorry, I'm checking in right now. Okay, so they would not be in the playoffs right now if the season started. They're still a couple games out. But um, I don't know. It's just I feel bad for him. I get it. Like, like you said, he's the, it's kind of who he is. So it makes total sense, but why start him at all then? If it was we don't care if we're in it or not in it, we're going to play Tua here. I think I think that the reasoning for that is because of like his health. You know, like the way COVID happened, you didn't get to see him in the summer, you didn't get to see him practice and like that, and so you finally get him in the facility. I mean, honestly, if you kind of look at it, six weeks into the NFL season kind of might equal out to what you would have got throughout the summer so there's a possibility it was like hey we drafted him he went through rookie mini camp like otas training camp led the team got accustomed to everything 
fuck, they might start with him in a year. You know what I mean? But it's one of those things where, like, we didn't get him in the summer. We don't know how up to speed he is. We don't know where the hip's at. We haven't seen it ourselves. We've only gotten updates from doctors or just him. Like, we want to, you know what I mean? There's the true eye test of, I want to see what we have personally. I ha- That's just me from Missouri. Like, we're the show me state. If you could do something cool, show me. I automatically believe you already can because I'm a gullible son of a bitch, but still show me. So I think maybe just to answer that part of the question or concern, Trees, is that's it. And this isn't me trying to say, like, I understand more than you because you're a smart – you're a very, very smart individual, and I know you get that. But just – I don't know, though, because I'm on the same boat with you. It's like, if you didn't think you were going to be there, why didn't you just suck from the start? Yeah. But, I mean, that's a valid point that I – Honestly, I didn't really think of as like, yeah, they, they probably missed overall six weeks worth of stuff during the summertime uh, and preseason games included in that. So, yeah, I mean, that's a valid point that I didn't really think of. So, uh, touche, touche for you. Um, all right, moving on. Let's talk about some games here. So we're going to just do, since it's only one episode this week. Uh, we are going to do some previews of the games, but as we're previewing, we're going to talk about those teams in last week's games. Uh, before we start, though, let's do some updates on some records here. So the spread record, I have you by one game. So 51-36-2 for me, 50-37-2 for you. So You were up by two last time, weren't you, last week? What game yes. did I get you on? The Eagles game. I got you on the Eagles game, didn't I? Yes, you got me on the Let's Eagles go. game. Let's go! Yeah. And Doug Peterson, you idiot. Like, yeah. You get right there on the field. Run any play you want but that one. Sorry, Trees, but that's, yeah. You're fine. You're fine. So, yeah, you did. That is one of the games you got me on. Uh, we actually had a lot of different. I have a screenshot, which I should have up here, but look at me being unprepared. Um, <coughs> so... But, yes, that is one that you got me on. And then player prop bets, you whooped my ass this week. I went 1-5, and and you went 3-3. and Uh, Mostert going out with an injury cost me because he he ended up three yards short, and he left the game in the third quarter. (laughs) Not laughing at injury, laughing at you losing the bet. Yes. So we are tied there. So, um, overall, very close. You have improved dramatically. This year compared to last year. Because I whooped your ass in both of these last year. I think I won by so like bad. 25. Yeah. So, so bad. with it, player props being tied and spread, I only have you by, oh, I only have you by one. Like, impressive. So, um, let's just move on into week six. Or, sorry, week seven. Um, super excited here. So, let's start off with Thursday night. Giants versus Eagles. How about I talk about the Giants, and since you clearly have a lot to say about the Eagles game, uh, I'll let you kind of dive into the Eagles. So Giants, they uh, they win a nail biter, twenty to nineteen, with the Washington Football Team. So they get their first win. Uh, Daniel Jones has this awesome carry that goes for like sixty yards. He ends up leading the team with seventy four yards uh, rushing, which was awesome. Um, Slayton, my guy, uh, with another touchdown, uh, came up limping. Uh, did end up coming back, uh, but clearly he's hurt. He's hurting quite a bit. Uh, Kyle Allen goes for just under 300 yards, so good for him there. Uh, it really did feel like, I, I mean, I don't want to say they wanted to lose that game, but like I, I like that they went for two, right? Like I, I can appreciate that. Like, like we both fucking suck. We're not, going, <laughs> yeah. we're not doing this overtime thing. Like let's just, let, let's just do it. One play and see who wins. So one of us is uh, going home a winner. Fuck it. Yeah, exactly. What I didn't like is. I don't know why they keep giving J.D. McKissick so much run. Like, just let Gibson be the guy. Like, you drafted him early for a reason. J.D. McKissick is not a very good all-around, like, carry the ball, lead your team. I think, uh, oh, sorry, I'm looking. Gibson actually did have one carry more. But (laughs) still, like, 9-8 and is not how it should be. It should have been, like, 15-3. to You know, like... I just, that, that part, I just don't understand. Um, so good for them for going for the win. Uh, they now, I mean, now the Giants have the tiebreaker over them for draft order. So good for the Washington football team there. 
that is going to be chaos. I don't know. I mean, you don't pay attention to it because your team's towards the bottom, which is good, right? Like bottom of the draft pick. So, but like picks two through like seven, all are like one and four or one and five. And then you obviously have the Jets leading the way. And it, by the way, it, it, this is to, a total Jaguar thing to do, to be like, we are clearly the second worst team in the league, and we're just not going to have the number one overall pick. Like, this is that's just a Jaguars thing to do. So, See, anyways. Sorry, go ahead. I said this the other day on Mic'd Up, and I looked at the Jets' schedule, and it was like, you know what? I don't think they find a way to win another game. But I think they're going to have Sam Donald come back from injury. Pissed off that they suck. Pretty much hearing everyone's on the trade block. Except for Mech- Becton. Yep. And he's going to leave the team and be like, hey, let's fuck this up. You know, let's just, let's fuck with their future. They want to trade me. Cool. Let's go. Let's find a way to win a couple games. It's the NFL. It's hard to go undefeated. It's really hard to go defeated as well. You know. So I can see Sam Donald coming back and be like, we're going to win a couple games here towards the end. We're going to mess it up. Like a true major league type deal is like, you want us to suck? That's our motivation to win. And then the Jaguars are going to be like, we just don't have talent. We're going to lose. And then that's where it's like, okay, the Jaguars end up with all these first-round picks, and the Jets have shot themselves in the foot because Sam Donald finds a way to be good, and then they're pissed at him, and they trade him away to Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, I figured. So manifesting that idea. You are. So next week, we are doing our, I guess, second annual, uh, what does every team, what trade does every team need to make? And I mean, patting myself on the back here, I think I called four trades last year. Yeah. And I remember, <laughs> I remember when they happened and I was just sitting there because I was on the tailgate tour and I was like, holy shit, Treese called that. And it was like 20 minutes later, Nellen was like, holy shit, Treese called that one too. <laughs> I was like. Damn, we got ourselves a freaking profit over here. Apparently. So, okay. So that's my take on the Giants last week. Um, Let's go into your Eagles take from last week. Uh, Sorry, we won't go that deep into every game or this podcast is going to be literally 19 hours long. But uh, we'll dive into it. A couple PowerPoint basically for each thing. And then uh, we'll talk about this upcoming week. So go ahead, Eagles. Yeah, so the Eagles had a real chance to be at the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, and I think a lot of people looked at the Ravens and go, ooh, uh, maybe this offense isn't as good as we thought it was. Like, if they're getting slowed down by the Philadelphia Eagles or being stopped with three minutes left and not able to run out the clock, Philly gets the ball back and they're able to go score, something to worry about. The only reason Philadelphia lost that game in regulation, they might have lost in overtime too, but they lost it in regulation due to, a, a, I believe, a missed field goal. And then – Right there where it comes down to the two-point conversion to tie it, they run a read option, like an RPO, and it's just like, what the hell? Like, do not do that. Like, the Ravens' defensive line is too smart. Like, oh, you want me to make a read? We're on the goal line. One of you getting it. I'm just going to tackle both of you. And that's what happened. And it's just like, gosh dang it, Philly. Like, you had a chance to figure it out. Here we are. Hopefully – I still think Philadelphia wins the East because the Dallas Cowboys stink, but we'll get to that later. Giants, Eagles, though. Philadelphia is favored by four and a half. I am taking the Eagles. Um, There's no way they're happy with the way they played last week in a close loss. I'm sure Doug Peterson is upset with himself. You look at the Giants, Daniel Jones being your leading rusher, it's not a good look, guys. I don't care who your running back is. Like Saquon Barkley, I wouldn't be surprised if there were still some games that Daniel Jones was the leading rusher because your offensive line can't block for the guy. So, I don't think this is a close game. I think Philadelphia blows them out. And I also believe that there's a possibility that Sean Jackson comes back. And if he does, he's going to have a huge touchdown because he always plays well um, at that stadium. Yeah, so he is coming back. And so one last thing on the that Eagles. Actually, I'll talk about it with the Ravens. Never mind. Um, four and a half is just a lot. I just might – this just seems like a game the Giants would be a part of. Uh, makes me want to take him, but four and a half. No, no Zach Ertz. Goddard's not coming back yet. Yes, they get Deshaun Jackson back, but then no Miles Sanders as well. Damn, that's um, such a good point. I forgot about those two. <laughs> damn it. Bart Scott's a fine backup. Like he did well at the end of last year uh, when Sanders was out. So I could see the Eagles 
Still rolling a little bit. But you want to know what? Remember how bad they looked week one against Washington when Sanders didn't play? They kind That offense kind of looked lost. Mm-hmm. You want to know what? I'm going to take... The, I still think the Eagles win this game, for the record. I just don't know if they cover the four and a half. So I'm actually going to take the Giants here. Such a good point. You got me scared. But I'm not going to sit in the fear. I'm sticking with my gut. That's what I'm going with. The Lions and Falcons are our next game. The Falcons are favored by two and a half. Lions, though. <laughs> Say hello to that offense. Welcome back, Kenny Galladay. DeAndre Swift, the moment I decide to go, you know what, not really seeing it, you're off my fantasy team, you blow up. So really appreciate that. Atlanta Falcons, good call, Trees. Good call. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, so I'm going to just, I'll just go. Like, I'm taking the Falcons. Uh, yeah. I, your point, yes, the Lions looked great. The Jaguars are a complete fucking disaster. You need to look good against them. So uh, bravo to you, but bravo to you. But uh, the Falcons, it is amazing how good this offense can be when Julio Jones is on the field, isn't it? Like, it's amazing. It's shocking. Dude scored it's a not, touchdown. Yeah, it's not two. He scored two touchdowns, I think. So touchdowns, yeah. Yeah. So uh, again, I'm taking the Falcons. I I think that Matt Ryan has another just field day against this uh, defensive backfield. So I'm actually going to take the Lions because I think Matthew Stafford and DeAndre Swift have a heyday as well. So even if the Lions lose, I don't think the Falcons are beating them by three. So. So I think that this Falcons defense is. Going to be one of those weird defenses that give up tons of yards and tons of points, but they cause all sorts of turnovers all the time. So uh, I'm going to take that. I'm going to say multiple. I'm going to say at least three turnovers for the Lions' offense. What? And three, yeah, yeah. Interceptions say, or fumbles? Like I, I'm just going to say turnovers. Uh, all right. You're going to start calling in-game predictions. That's fine. <laughs> That's all fine. right. Matthew Stafford uh, has four throwing touchdowns. <clears throat> sure, bud. Uh, that's the uh, Jennifer Lawrence, like, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> your wallet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wrong Jennifer. Wrong Jennifer, but God that's fine. God damn it. <laughs> You're good. You're no, good. No, I know um, what you're talking about. Yep. Mm. I'm um, tribute. I'm right there with you. Damn it. 100%. What okay. Crazy. So we have Cleveland Browns versus <laughs> the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, let's start off with... The Browns, uh, yeah, they got their ass kicked against the Steelers. Uh, Baker looks hurt. Looks like he can't play through pain. And I'm not saying that he's not tough, for the record. I'm not saying that. A lot of uh, hurt ribs at playing quarterback is not something no, that I would ever want to do. saw him get tackled in Fayetteville. He's done. Yeah. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Yeah, he's so, done. Yeah, he just – he couldn't do it. He just – like that pick six to uh, – Fitzpatrick. Minka Fitzpatrick was, was just like, dude, that was like the easiest play a defense has ever had to make. Um, so for the Browns, yikes. Like you can't – like this team just can't get down. Like they are going to be – I could see them being that team that makes the playoffs that you're like, you don't want them playing their type of football because they'll beat you. But if you can get them when they're down, they're fucked. They cannot come back on you. That's where I kind of – I get that feeling. There's two other teams that are just like that in the NFL right now. You're going to say the Ravens, and what's the other team? The New England Patriots. Okay, cool. I I 100% agree on the Patriots. I still have faith in the Ravens, but, but history shows you're right. I will say that. I will say history shows that you are correct in that statement. So, but I'll let you talk about Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Yeah, uh – I think between the, the Bengals and the Colts, it was more of like a who wants to lose this game more. Missed field goals. I mean, Joe Burrow, you put him in a position, you doink it off the upright. Like, you're just – you didn't get any help there. Like, the Bengals probably should have won this game, could have won this game. You look at this, though, and it's really – I think the Browns' offense is just going to be too much for this Bengals' defense. It was nice to finally see them come alive. Like Jesse Bates, the guy that you talk all the time – that is your guy, Mr. Trees. And so seeing him make a play was like, okay, hey, like this defense is, is kind of awakening, you know, something that we've – or exp- I think I've been trying to praise in a way of like, hey, 
Just give them some time to kind of figure things out. The Bengals, they are a young team. It's going to take a while to find a way to win games. You're going to lose some just like the way you lost last week. But if I have to go Browns, Bengals here, Cleveland being favored by three, traveling to Cincinnati, I am going to take the Browns, though. Like, they're just going to be able to run the ball. It doesn't matter. I think Baker is playing. Why am I so hesitant on this game? Like, I'm more hesitant on this game than the other ones of us disagreeing, and we both agree on this game. Yeah, I mean, because I think you're hesitant because the Browns, and I know they only won by five when they played week two on that Thursday night game, but, like, they kicked the shit out of the Bengals. Like, they were running it down their throat, like, did whatever they wanted, and then the Bengals kind of just scored late. So, I can see that, but, I mean, and another reason why you're hesitant is Joe Burrow. Like, he can do stuff. Uh, I will tell you what, though. This wide receiver core is so much fun. When A.J. Green actually tries like how he did this yes. this week rather than two weeks ago, you got A.J. Green, you got T. Higgins, who's a thing, just a stud. I love T. Higgins so much. And then you Tyler Boyd. Higgins and Jefferson. By the way, yes. in this rookie class. Yes, I did. What's up, Scott? So, what's up? What's up? <laughs> um, I, I will say uh, I've heard from a nice little source uh, that uh, wide receiver might be the easiest thing to uh, scout. So, hey, you know, maybe I'm maybe I'm not that good. But um, and that's, that's not a knock. That's like a, hey, it's not that hard to call that. So... Anyways, I'm taking the Browns. I didn't think okay. it was a knock. Okay, I'm taking the Browns as well. So I think that they, I think worst case scenario in this game, they win by three and it just ends up being a tie. So I'm going to go with that. Um, <coughs> Steelers versus Titans. Two undefeated teams here. This is going to be fun. This is the game that was supposed to happen two or three weeks ago. Got pushed because uh, of the old Rona. Um, so here's the deal. <laughs> so here's the deal uh we already talked about the Steelers they dominated they did lose Devin Bush though I think that's going to be a huge loss to this defense Torres ACL last week and one you never want to lose him but you never want to lose him the week before you play Derrick Henry like <laughs> yeah, that's no joke that's the biggest thing so I actually could see Tennessee doing pretty damn well in this game uh I'm going to just do my pick before you dive into the Titans game a bit. Uh, I think the Titans win again. Uh, this is an even spread, so it's literally just a pick them. And I'm going to take the Titans, dude. Like, they are clicking on all cylinders. And for all of us that mocked, like, that they gave freaking Tannehill way more money than uh, Derrick Henry, which still, I mean, just smart GM at that point because... Tannehill is playing unreal right now. He has this confidence, and the confidence is coming because he's like, guess what? Nobody can, nobody, you were all loading the box on me, and I get to just go one-on-one. He's like, yeah. and guess what? I got A.J. Brown back healthy. I got these speedy little wide receivers. I got Corey Davis I want. Jonu Smith is coming out of nowhere. And I can't remember the other tight end's name that dominated this week when Jonu Smith went out. Like, he's he's got some weapons, and he's making, he's making every team pay. So I'm going to take the Tennessee Titans. And I'm going to take the Pittsburgh Steelers. The way they looked last week was just absolutely dominant. They did whatever they wanted on offense. They did whatever they wanted on defense. Yes, the loss is going to be hurtful from Devin Bush. Like, that is, that's just a hard guy to replace that you moved. You traded up in the draft to go get. But there's so much talent on this defense that I think they're okay. And maybe that's just me being cocky and saying it. These guys aren't going to be scared to hit Derrick Henry. The Buffalo Bills... We're scared to tackle Derrick Henry. The Houston Texans were terrified to tackle Derrick Henry. I don't know if you saw the clip or not, where it's like they did the overtime coin flip and Deshaun Watson's out there and it was like Titans win it. And you just see him go like, oh my gosh, like fuck. Like we lost this game. When you see that from your starting quarterback and the captain of your team, you're like, yeah, this game is over. And so I, you look at Pittsburgh – and this offense is going to – I think it's more explosive. I think it's better than what the, the Houston Texans is for this defense. But I, I would not be surprised if Pittsburgh just comes out here. I'm not going to say puts it on them, but I think they have a pretty good day on the ground and through the air here. All right. Cool. 
man, a lot of differences this week. We've three out of the four games so far. This is awesome. Love it. All right, moving on to the next one, Panthers versus Saints. So I'll talk about the Panthers here. Uh, they lose to the Bears. Shocking. I mean, the Bears are 5-1. and one. You had them winning three games all year, so there are, they're, they're almost doubled that already. Uh, this is the first game that Teddy Bridgewater has struggled this year, like where it was just like a Teddy looks lost. He was um, running for I, his life that game. Sorry to interrupt you. You're fine. You're right. I was actually going to bring that up. He was doing that. But then, like, even that fourth down to end the game when he tried to hit DJ Moore, like, Moore was open. Like, you can't miss that throw, Teddy. Like, you just can't. And that is why there are people like Austin Cunningham here that think that you are not the future of this team. I'm not that guy, Teddy. Don't don't put that on me. Those are not my words. That's Austin Cunningham. So, um, Austin C. Ham 33 on Twitter. Uh, go after him, not me, dude. You're you're my boy. Um, wow. With all that my being said, boy. yeah. With all that being said, uh, the Saints are seven and a half point favorites, which seems like a lot. But one, they're coming off a bye; they probably are getting some shit shit straightened out. And two, they're gonna have Michael Thomas back. And I don't know if the Panthers have anybody that can stop him. And so I see him and Kamara just having a field day. So I'm actually going to take the Saints even at that seven and a half point spread. So I would take the Panthers if Christian McCaffrey was back this game to cover the spread. I don't know if I'd take him to win necessarily, but to cover the spread I would for sure because the uh, New Orleans Saints have struggled to cover running backs. Like they've just struggled on defense. They're not as good as what I thought they, you know, were supposed to be. I called them the most complete team in the NFL coming into this year. Like there's no reason last dance for Drew Brees. New Orleans Saints are going to be so good. Well, then your star receiver gets paid all this money, gets in a fight with the coaches and the teammates during, I believe, I don't know if it was a joke or true. It's funny to laugh at, though, like a massage yoga day. You get in a fight with the defensive back on your team. Like, come on, Michael Thomas. Are you freaking serious? Him being back in the mix, though, he's going to want to show, like, hey, I am a huge value to this team. I think Drew Brees is going to be saying, thank God you're back. I'm tired of having to throw the ball 40 yards downfield. It's so much easier to throw 15-yard slants to you because that's about as far down the field as you run. So I'm going to take the Saints to win this game and to cover as well, so I agree with you, Treese. I will say, though, when I went back and watched the Panthers-Bears game and looking at it, even though Teddy struggled, it was there were still some plays that he made like with his legs and standing in the pocket and throws down the field. It was like, the Panthers might be just fine with him at quarterback for a couple years to kind of get everything solidified and set before it's like, let's go find our guy. You know, where it's like, okay, we have a couple pieces – Let's just trade up in the draft and get our quarterback. I don't know who that's going to be in a couple years, but I, they just remind me of the Kansas City Chiefs when they were starting to get everything figured out. You get a new head coach. You find a way to win games with what you have, and then from there it's like, okay, we're okay, we're okay. Let's go get the future. Bam. Give up three picks. You go get them, and then you're winning a Super Bowl. So this is like Matt Rule, who's the head coach, right? Like mm-hmm. this is his expertise. Like year one – Hey, I start to build something. We win like five or six games. And this is college, right? Win five or six games. Year two, then we win 10 or 11. This Panthers team, if Teddy comes back with second year in this offense, they're winning. They're winning double-digit games. I mean, credit to Matt Rule and Joe Brady. Like, credit to Matt Rule to go get Joe Brady from LSU and be like, come help me with this offense. Like, For sure. let's, let's run the league. Yep, exactly. All right, Bills versus Jets. I've been going first all these games. I'm going to let you go first on this one. You can talk about the Bills, especially because they played your Kansas City Chiefs. So you have a lot of takes on this, I'm sure. Yeah, and they're not negative ones. Like, I think the rain for that game uh, really kind of changed what that game could have been or what we all wanted it to be, honestly. I had said on Mike Up before we did, like, a live preview at a restaurant in town. It was like, hey— I think this Bills-Chiefs game is going to be exactly what we wanted the Chiefs-Ravens game to be, which was the Chiefs-Rams game in L.A. that was supposed to be in Mexico. You know, they fucked up on the field. They go to L.A. One of the greatest games in the history of the NFL, high-scoring game. Like, man, we're going to get that here. Completely forgot that it could be raining or just bad weather in Buffalo. No idea how I forgot that. But the Bills' defense struggled to stop the run, and I think a large part of that was because there's, we're not going to get beat in the passing game from Patrick Mahomes. You know what I mean? We're not going to let them throw the ball down the field. 
Yes, the Kansas City Chiefs are still going to find ways to do that. But it was as if the Bills were like, you're going to beat us on the ground. You know, like, win or lose, beat us on the ground. Kansas City, they did that. And they only let them score 26 points. So I think if you're the Buffalo Bills, it's kind of like, ooh, at least they didn't get 30 on us. Like, there's a positive there. And your offensive line did struggle. Um, it didn't do as well. Josh Allen did, wasn't able to play as well. But I think credit goes to the Kansas City Chiefs defense on just wanting redemption for how they played the week before. Coming here to the Jets, though, you just got blanked by the Miami Dolphins. Not disrespect to the Miami Dolphins, but you just got blanked by the Miami Dolphins. I say no disrespect. I mean the disrespect. The Miami Dolphins blanked you with Ryan Fitzpatrick, at quarterback. Fire Gase. Fire everybody. Go same. Go save Sam Donald's life and career and just trade him away. Buffalo Bills, I wouldn't be surprised if they beat him by like 20 points here. I mean, there's nothing for me to say about the Jets. You're trash. You're really bad. You're the worst team in football, and that's saying something with the team down in Jacksonville. So, uh, yeah, I totally agree. I'm taking the Bills as well. Uh, I think that this is a blowout game. I think that this is, this is a game that... I think everybody's going to be like, oh, thank God I don't have to watch this game. Like, I think that's what people are going to be thinking. Um, another game that's probably going to be like that, the Cowboys versus the Washington football team. Um, guess what? Washington is favored. That's how bad it is in Dallas right now. The Washington football team are one-point favorites. Cowboys look completely lost on Monday. Uh, can't stop anybody. Uh, Christian Kirk went off. Drake went off. Of course, Drake went off. So nobody cares about my fantasy stuff, but I'm going to say it. I care. I tr- I traded Mixon a few weeks ago. Ne- th- three days later, he goes for 40. I traded Drake this week, and then he goes for 31. So that's <laughs> it's just awesome to see. So super excited about that. Um, so given hey, I've still won the matchups. I'm five and one in my league. I'm good. I'm good. I'm not. I'm not too bad. Three-game losing streak, bro. I'm struggle busting. Maybe you and I should talk then. Um, So, anyways, okay. Uh, So, I want to like know if like, hey, like, did they just need an extra week with Andy Dalton practicing? Like, is it is that what they needed? Like, given Zeke can't fumble it twice in the first quarter, like that ruins everything. So, I mean, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. But, again, this defense can't stop anybody anyways. Like, they were losing games when Dak was putting up historic numbers. He still leads the league in passing. Yeah, Andy Dalton's – that's amazing. I did not know that. But that's – man, you should have done Tree Sivia today. I wouldn't have guessed (laughs) that. Um, So, I don't think it's the offense that I'm worried about. Even though it didn't look good, it's it's the defense still. And I'm like, wonder what? Terry McLaurin might go fucking off this week. Like, he may just have a heyday. And I was talking about Gibson getting more carries. Like, maybe he finally gets it this week. I deep down really want to take Washington. And... Do it. I don't think you're crazy that defense. I'm going to. I'm going to. Because this is basically a pick right? So, I'm going to... I'm going to take Washington. And this wasn't me betting you. It's just like if you're leaning that way, go for it. My only thought process is Zeke fumbled twice, put the Arizona Cardinals in great position. That defense can't stop anything. Now, (laughs) maybe talking myself into picking Washington as well, but it was like the Cowboys put themselves in that situation, and it was like, okay, well, now we can't run the ball anymore. Zeke's in his head. He's done fumbled twice. One of them was your fault. The other one was just like a bang-bang catch. And then you weren't expecting the ball to be thrown to you, and you turn around and get popped. You've already made a football move and claimed possession, so that's a that is a fumble. And it just it you hate to see it if you're Zeke, you hate to see it if you're a Cowboys fan to get blown out by the Arizona Cardinals. But at the same time, when they know that the only thing you can do to, is to pass to get yourselves in games, and you put yourselves in situations on third and long, they're gonna blitz the hell out of you, and they have speed on that defense, so they're fine. They're not scared of your weapons. Washington secondary most definitely is. So I'm just going to take the Cowboys here because I think Andy Dalton gets more accustomed to this, what this offense is, and I think Zeke gets redemption on the two fumbles that he had. Um, I really just want to give – I want to credit him a fumble so it's only one. 
So I really do think he was put in a really bad situation. But fumble's a fumble, but I just expect Zeke to make up for last week's performance. Yeah. Five fumbles in six games for him. It's crazy. Holy um, shit. Okay. I yeah. take back the credit. That's two fumbles. Okay. <laughs> you have a um, So what I did like to see in was actually seen Isaiah Simmons out on the field for yes. Arizona. We talked about him last week, and I was like, they may move him into the pass rusher. They end up moving Hassan Riddick into the pass rusher. So my idea of you, having an athletic linebacker move to DN was kind of correct. I just chose the wrong ones. But I love seeing him actually make some plays on the field. Um, so, okay. I, I could see you winning that game for the record. I could see the Cowboys taking this game on uh moving on packers versus texans i think you in your power rankings you actually described this game perfectly for the packers hey shit happens stuff fell apart pick six two plays later another pick like which wasn't roger's fault adams needs to hold on to that second one and like then it kind of just like went off the rails like shit happens sometimes i'm not gonna hold that against you um i will say though I will say Packers are still soft as fuck on the defensive side in the middle. Just like how we talked about all last year. Like we talked about it and then the Niners did it. I mean, Ronald Jones just went off by just bulldozing his way right in between um, the offensive line. So uh, I will say, I don't think the Packers, I think they're a very good team. I still don't know if they're a Super Bowl contender in the NFC because I still don't think that they can stop the run. This was kind of one of those games where they faced a team that was ready to play football like yeah. with Tampa Bay. And that's not a discredit to anyone else they played before. You you beat the Vikings in Minnesota. We see how bad they are. You played the New Orleans Saints. We see how much they're struggling. You know, and it's like then you go play Tampa where they were struggling. They had a hard loss. But within that hard loss, it was like, okay, hey, this is one of those losses you just get as a new team. Everyone trying to get everything together. Boom, you put in the final piece. Look at us. And with the Packers, I think it, this game is kind of going to be a similar situation for what Tampa just had the week before against Chicago. I wouldn't be surprised if the Packers come out here and just put it on the Texans because they did lose a close game to the Tennessee Titans. They really didn't have any right being in the game. Like, they came back late to tie it. Or, excuse me, they had the lead. Then they gave it up because they go for two. Just kick the fucking field goal. You're fine. But, no, of course you don't. You, you mess it up. New coat. It's whatever. We're in the past. The Packers win this game three and a half. Wouldn't be a surprise if they win it by a touchdown. I also am taking the Packers here. I think that Aaron Jones goes off in this game, just like how Derrick Henry did. Maybe not the 260-yard game, but I, I think he has a great game. Why are the Jacksons uh, so bad? You you have to wonder, right? Like I honestly feel like it's way more coaching than it is players in this case. I think that they have the talent, and I think the play calling on offense and defense is just not putting the players in the right position to succeed. I mean, there's the the report about the Cowboys players saying that. I think the Texans players are probably thinking the same thing. But I think because it's a new coach in uh, Romeo Cornell, I think they're like, we need to give it another week before we say anything. Like, we can't just like go off on this new head coach week one, especially when you go into overtime. So, yeah, really bad. Um, next game, Seahawks versus Cardinals. So we're starting to get into... NFC Westland of they start they're now having to start to play each other. Obviously the Rams and Niners played each other last week. Now you got this like they're going to start having these battles and we're going to start to see who who finally kind of ra- rises to the top in this division. Obviously the Seahawks are. I mean they're the, I think it's safe to say that they're they're either number 1 or number 2 on basically every single person's power rankings. As they um, should I know, be. As they should be. And now there's reports saying that they want to go and sign Antonio Brown. Uh, he His suspension ends at the end of week eight, given he can still get suspended again for some other off-field stuff, which I think he will. But there's teams that can go on to try to sign him. Seahawks, I mean, they're still waiting for Josh Gordon to get reinstated. He's still on their roster now. So, um... Could you imagine this team with already the weapons they have, and now you're adding guys like Josh Gordon and Antonio Brown? Like, 
this this team's starting to be like this team has more skill weapons than the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> if they become what we all think they can. So with because I'm kind of there with you, but with like Josh Gordon, what's taking him so long to be reinstated? Like at what point can he be? So he's he's been literally waiting for the NFL to reinstate him since June. Oh. He has asked for it. He's just waiting for Roger Goodell. Roger Goodell probably lost the lost it in the mail or something. That's probably why he hasn't reinstated him yet. <laughs> oh, you so. bastard! I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna take the Seahawks to win this game. They're favored by three and a half. Arizona. We kind of talked about them a little bit ago uh, when we just went over the Cowboys game, but they they literally dominated the Cowboys in every aspect of it. You know what I mean? And the blitz. Buda Baker gets his first interception, showing why he deserves to be paid the highest, why he deserves to be the highest paid safety in the league. Uh, it's just you look at the Cardinals and how much fun they're having playing football, and you look at Seattle, it's like, whew, these guys are a juggernaut. Like, good luck stopping them. I think this is going to be a really fun game, though. Or at least I hope it is. We've there's a lot of games that we looked at. And we're like, oh, we hope this is a close game. Like, this is a shootout in a way, and it just ends up being a game where you're just like, ugh. Like, do something exciting, but they're just really good football teams that take care of the ball. I want this to be a fun game, though, and I hope it is. I think it's going to be an awesome game. I'm very excited to watch this one. Uh, I also am taking the Seahawks. I don't know if I said that or not officially, but I am also (laughs) taking them. So, um, Jaguars versus Chargers. Uh, Let's just make this short and sweet. The Jags suck. Josh Allen's been out. Uh, Miles Jack left the game with an ankle injury again. Uh, they are n- not finding creative ways on offense to do anything. So, I mean, they're just they're just a bad football team right now. Chargers coming off of a bye. Let's not forget how electric Justin Herbert looked two weeks ago when they played the Saints on Monday night. Uh, I don't care that this is an eight-point spread. Uh, I'm taking the Chargers. I'm, I'm right there with you. It's going to be enjoyable to watch Justin Herbert play. And the Jaguars, man, is, there's a way to shoot themselves in the foot. They did it like three or four times last week. It's just... I went back and watched the game, and I was like, man, I feel so bad for Treese. I also have to ask the question, is Minshew the guy of the future? Like, I'm, is that no. is that one of those guys where it's like, you just get him some protection, you get a defense that can make some stops, is this it? You think it, and then the dude throws interception, and you're like, never mind. So, yeah. <laughs> that's where I'm so, at. So, I will say, sorry for cutting you off, a lot of the sacks have not been on the offensive line. They've been on Minshew holding on to the ball too long or literally like having a pocket where he can just stay there and he panics because he thinks he feels pressure when he really doesn't and then he tries to scramble around and then he runs into a sack. So I think it's unfair like when you look at sack totals to put that all on the Jags offensive line. Some are, but I think there's probably seven, probably seven altogether this season that are not on the offensive line. That's a good chunk. Next game, Chiefs versus the Broncos. Casey is favored by nine and a half traveling. Uh, I'm actually going to take the Broncos to cover this game. I think the Chiefs win, but I think the Bronco. I'm going to take the Broncos to cover because this is always a close game. And Drew Locke, he's playing his hometown Kansas City Chiefs. Comes out with a quote yesterday. He's like, hey, I kind of like being Darth Vader. I like being the bad guy when I have to play the team that used to be my favorite growing up. You know what I mean? Went to, went to these games, went to Arrowhead, tailgated, like, grew up in Kansas City, I just look at it and go, dang, Denver Broncos not necessarily have a chance to win it. They have a chance to kind of disrupt what Kansas City wants to do. I don't know if Kansas City is as heavy in the run. Maybe they are with Le'Veon Bell, but just to be safe, I'm taking the Broncos to cover. Ooh, man. I thought I was going to be a little slide one in there by taking the Broncos because if you remember this is a game that I actually had the Broncos or the Broncos winning during our preseason stuff I don't think that's the case anymore not I don't think that's the case anymore but but you always say how these games are way closer than we always expect them to uh my only thing is I feel like the Chiefs like because they lost against Oakland they're going to be like we are not losing another division game like this is way too important Given you can still win and not win by 10 points. like That's also a fair thing. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. I think I also think the Broncos just can't get into the end zone. Kind of like how they did last week. Literally kicking field goals all day long against the Patriots. Uh, so I'm going to take the Chiefs to, to cover the 9.5 point spread. 
Whoo. <laughs> I win either way. I like it. It's okay. <laughs> Next, <laughs> the San Francisco 49ers are traveling to New England where the Patriots are favored by two. This is one of those games where we look at it and it's like, what's the weather going to be like on the East Coast? Now that we're getting into October, and the 49ers are traveling all the way across the country. It's quite a flight. You just played at home, back-to-back weeks. Where are we at? So I'm actually going to take the Patriots here. There's no way that offense is happy with the way they played uh, last week and how that game went against Denver, especially when you get two interceptions late in the game. The 49ers, they think they're doing good. They like Jimmy G. Man, he can throw some screens. Let's see if he can throw it down the field. Nope, can't do it. Maybe they tried anyways here, and New England gets an interception. I just look at this game and go, hey, Patriots lost close when they're upset. 49ers got a big win. New England's more motivated to win this game. Patriots. I'm I'm thinking the exact opposite of you. I think that the Niners got sick of everybody talking shit and they're ready to roll. I hope Quan Alexander's back because I think that guys like Quan Alexander and Fred Warner could be like, come on, try to run it on us, Cam Newton. Us two will light your ass up. Like we're ready. Like let's do this. Is Fred uh, Warner back and playing? I thought he was injured. Yeah, he's yeah he's been back. He played he played last week as well. Yeah. He did come back. So, okay. Yeah, so it's Quan Alexander that's missed most of the time. Yeah. So I think the Niners win this game, which means they would cover because New England's two-point favorites. I think even without, it sounds like uh, it's going to be the McKinnon-Hasty show at running back for them. But does it really matter? They're going to be creative. They're going to be trying to get Debo the ball. They're going to be trying to get Kittle the ball. They're, they're not going to be able to do what they did last week of like average throwing for like negative yards behind the line of scrimmage and be successful against this defense. Like The Patriots will be ready for that, but I think that they're going to be ready to go. Like, Here's the thing. is What, is, what are they going to do with Stephon Gilmore? Because are they going to just try to have him just shut down Debo. Like, he's not big enough to go up against Kittle. Um, I bet they just tell him to go zone. Like, I bet they don't have him, like, shadow. Like It's like, if yeah, he goes in motion, not. we're not going to fucking man. Keep your ass over here. Because they might do a double reverse. They might do, like, slip the fullback out behind. Like, we're, Bill Bell doesn't look at me like, we're, we're not getting beat on a fullback catching a touchdown pass 30 yards down the field. Like, we're not the Kansas yeah. City Chiefs two years ago. This isn't fucking happening to us. Like, I'm Bill Belichick. So, I could yeah. just see them going zone in that instance and then just – I mean, it's the New England Patriots, man. They're just smarter than everybody else. It's not fair. And as much as you want to give – as much as we want to give credit to Kyle Shanahan and how creative that offense is, he needs a big win against a defensive coordinator like Bill Belichick before I'm officially like, yup, this dude is an offensive, schematic play-calling type of genius. Yeah, I mean, he is. Uh, and I will say, though, the Patriots are very, very, very good at stopping tight ends. Historically, they do not let tight ends do shit against them. So this is a big game for Kittle as well. Uh, but again, I just think that the Niners win. I think this is a very close game. I could see it being a last-second field goal. And But again, I just need the Niners to even lose by one, and I win this bet. So yep. Niners it is. Uh, let's move to Sunday night football. We have the Tampa Bay Bucks heading to Las Vegas to face the Raiders. Uh, we do have a road favorite here, the Buccaneers, three-point favorites. That's what happens when you kick the shit out of the Packers. <laughs> you get extra points. Um, Raiders coming off a bye, though. So are they a little bit more prepared? Uh, are the Bucks ready to travel from Florida all the way to Vegas? Uh, you know that Brady's ready. Like, he's ready to roll. This team, man, have you, have you noticed the spread when Chris Godwin plays for what that does to Mike Evans? Like, Mike Evans is, like, doing nothing when Godwin plays. Like, he has, like, I think it's, like, six catches for, like, 50 yards, but he has given six of those catches, like, four of them are touchdowns because he had, like, he had, he had one day, I think, earlier in the year where he had two catches for two yards and two touchdowns. I think that was his stat line. So, pretty impressive by Mike Evans there. Um, I think the Raiders... I think this is actually going to be a fun game because it's going to be a lot of running the ball. I think we're going to see a lot of Ronald Jones. I think we're going to see, obviously, a ton of Josh Jacobs. And it's going to come down to which quarterback makes the big throw. And I think we all know what that's going to be. 
Uh, I think it's going to be the Bucks. I'm going to take the Bucks to win this. I'm going to say this, and given, yes, I know the Raiders are 3-2. and two, Even if they lose this, they're 3-3. Three and three. They're not making a move anytime soon. But Marcus Mariota did come off of IR today. And they made him the highest paid backup. And I don't think that was by mistake. Okay. I'm not saying any time in the next couple of weeks. I'm saying if we're talking in five, six weeks from now, if they go on, say they lose four or five, I could see a move being made. Wow. Wow. I like it. <laughs> I'm a fan. Uh, you mentioned that there's going to be a lot of running in this game. I think that's what the Raiders want it to be. But I think the Buccaneers are going to go, hey, we saw the success Kansas City had running the ball early, but then they went away from it because their defense struggled to stop your passing game and your deep shots that were successful because there was mental layers on there. And as the Buccaneers, we're not going to make those mistakes because we've figured it out. And ultimately, our defense is faster. So within that, I think the Buccaneers run the ball all over them. And then, you know, they hit a play action. Bam, Chris Godwin down the field. Mike Evans down the field. Little white boy supreme middle of the field as well for the Buccaneers. And then you look at the Raiders, and it's going to get to the point where it's like, man, you know, when we played Kansas City, we were able to just kind of control the narrative on an offense, and we knew that they had to pass the ball so we could just pin our ears back and go after Mahomes and create enough pressure that we were fine. You're not going to be able to do that against Tampa Bay and Tom Brady. He's going to get the ball out of his hands so fast that by the time Max Crosby, you know, jumps off the line and gets his head up, the ball's already out. I mean, Trace, we've gone over this before. The famous quote from Bosa, where he's like, man, stop getting the ball out of your hands so fast. Like, let me sack you. And Tom Brady's like, ha-ha, I'm the GOAT. Get the fuck out of my face. It's just <coughs> the Buccaneers are going to have a heyday here in Vegas, and I just – I don't – I'm not going to say they blow them out, but – I think it's just, you're going to look at this game and it's going to be like, yeah, Tampa Bay dominated. I don't disagree there. <clears throat> Let's do the player prop bets before we head into the Monday night game. So, uh, Tom Brady, 292 passing yards, over or under? I'm going to take the under just because I think the Raiders, or excuse me, the Bucks are going to be so successful on the ground that they're not going to need a big game for Tom Brady through the air. I'm going to take the over there. I think uh, Brady wants to put up the stats on Monday night. Uh, Ronald Jones, 63 rushing yards. Over. Taking the over. I also am going to take the over, but this also feels like a game where Fournette's finally back from injury, and then like he just has his random like 15-carry game like for no reason whatsoever, like he did in like week three. Uh, Chris Godwin, this was a tough one if I was going to go Godwin or Evans. Ended up going Godwin. 70, 72 receiving yards. I know I took Tom Brady on the under for passing yards, but, hey, that's still 290 yards. It's got to go to somebody. It's going to Chris Godwin. I'm taking the over as well. I'm starting to feel like you on just taking the over everywhere. <laughs> uh, Derek Carr, 256 passing yards. <sighs> Damn it. That I'm taking the over just because it's – we're going to have to get the ball down the field. We're going to be losing. They might get those garbage yards at the end of the game where it's like, all right, Derek Carr had a you know 300-yard passing game. It's crazy. Look what he did. It's not his fault they lost. It's like, eh, two interceptions kind of tells you a different story. Oh, it's just a low up. I'm going to take the under. I don't feel great about it, but I'm going to take the under there. Uh, Josh Jacobs, 67 rushing yards. Uh, I, I'll let you go first, actually. I'm taking the over. Josh Jacobs, 100 yards, 100-yard game. I'm going to change this. I'm taking the over on Derek Carr, but I'm taking the under on Josh Jacobs. Whoa. Uh, Derek, or sorry, I just said Derek Henry because I see Henry. (laughs) Henry Henry Ruggs, you can see where my mind's at. Henry Ruggs, 44 receiving yards. I'm going to take the over. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he has one of those big, like uh, no, another big reception down the field. I know the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers saw it against Kansas City, so they're going to try and limit it. The kid's just so fast, so he can take, you know, a slant or like a hook, make a move, and he's gone. I've seen Tyreek do it before. So is Henry Ruggs. Yep. And I also am taking the over. So overall, two differences. Uh, you went under on Tom Brady, 292. I went over, and then 
For Josh Jacobs, you went over 67 rushing yards. I went under. So uh, if I had to guess, we're going to split that and stay tied. But uh, let's see how it goes. <laughs> Moving to Monday night, the 5-1 Chicago Bears. Austin Cunningham's Chicago Bears uh, versus Bears. the Los Angeles Rams, who are coming off of a very tough loss against Three. the 49ers. Um Rams are six-point favorites. I'm honestly shocked that they're six-point favorites. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> I don't know, Jim. I'm taking the Bears to cover. <laughs> like this defense is good. We saw, you know, with the pressure that they were able to get against Carolina, and I know the offensive line for Carolina isn't that good. But hey, guess what? It's not either for the Rams. Holy shit, you're agreeing with me. Damn it, I thought we were going to be different here. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm just going to get even more hot takeies. Let's just try and see if we can one-up each other. I wouldn't be surprised if the Bears win this game. I would be shocked if they won this game. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was no, kind of being I really wouldn't. But. I really wouldn't be, though. Like they, I mean, the Bears are the team that just wins close games this year. They're last year's Packers. Like They just Nick win Foles close games. just good enough. He's just good enough. I think that... I think the biggest thing, and it's going to be fun because they used to practice against each other, it's going to be Allen Robinson versus Jalen Ramsey, and that's going to be the difference in this game. Who wins the battle more between those two? That's the difference. I also very much see we have this weird game that actually it shouldn't be weird anymore. I shouldn't say that because he's been doing it all season. Like Jimmy Graham's going to bust out for two touchdowns. Like They are using him in the red zone like crazy this year and i see it again in this game uh the question is is can they get the running game going with with montgomery he looked good last week but there's been a lot of times this year that he hasn't looked good where i've been like man he's just not the guy so the defense of the bears has to keep doing what they've been doing and i mean they're shutting down receivers they are doing an awesome job i think that they're literally like the number one pass defense against wide receivers and i see them trying but then again mcveigh is very creative on the way to get his receivers the ball in woods and cooper cup like he does these short passing crossing routes where like a cornerback can't stay with him there's just too much you know too many people in the middle of the field where they just run into each other so um but with that all being said uh, I do think that this is a close game and I just don't see it being a touchdown win for the Rams. I think it's much closer than that. So I think with the Bears, it's going to, you know, they're going to look back and see what the, the 49ers did. And that was just, they honestly just ran the ball down their throat. And then they hit him on play action. Nick Foles going to be like, thank God. Let's run some play action. And with David Montgomery, it's going to be, just hit the hole, dude. No more dancing behind the line of scrimmage. Just find the hole, hit it, and go. Like, Let's try and find some success on the ground here. And if you get that, then you can get the Rams on the play action just like you saw San Francisco did last Monday. So I know I just said I was kind of joking, but there's just that little gut feeling that the Bears find a way to just come in and win this game. Because it's with Jared Goff, we've seen him do it before where he tries to do too much. You know, like I, I got to force the ball in here. I got to get it here. I got to get it there. And I've been praising him this year and it's like, He's just got the fuck it mindset where he's like, I'm going to sling the ball down the field. Like, I'm more confident in my reads. Like, this is it. Bam, I'm letting it go. You just mentioned how good the Bears' pass defense is. That might be the true difference here. It's like, this pass defense against this pass offense, where is it at? 100% agree. I think this is going to be a fun Monday night game. I, I was not excited for this Monday night game three or four weeks ago, and now <laughs> yeah. it's like, this game's going to be awesome. So, all right, cool. And then for bye weeks, we have the Ravens, Colts, Vikings, and Dolphins on bye. So that's why we did not talk about them. Uh, but that does it for us, and that does it for this week. Only one podcast this week. We'll be back to our normal schedule next week. Um, Austin and I both have some fun things this week. We both are running our own golf tournaments. Funny that it ends up being the same weekend. Uh, so pretty, I mean, pretty cool that it is as well. So, uh, he's got his for mic'd up. I have mine, uh, with, uh, my tailgate guys. Uh, we call it the crimson cup. It's our we'll second one. So Let's see the hat. The, the hat's hat. pretty, 
that's pretty cool. You you I posted. Uh, you guys saw the the tees that we got. We got the cool golf uh, bag tags, mm-hmm. and we have other things as well. I we didn't want to post all the prizes um, on social media. We want some to be surprises, but we're like, wonder what these are so cool. We got to get them out on social media. So. Um, so Austin, I hope you have a good time at yours. I know I'll have a good time at mine. Uh, if you guys, uh, want to follow us, there's always on Twitter at talking underscore football. Austin's at Austin C ham 33. I'm at Justin Treese. Uh, we appreciate everybody. And tonight we've been talking football.